Hello and welcome to Casting Seeds, where you, the listener, get to decide, is this topic biblically casting pearls or planting seeds? I'm Savannah, your host. I'm a holistic health practitioner, body worker, alignment specialist, herbalist, and small business owner. I'm also a wife and most importantly, Christian. This podcast is where you get to use God's singular truth for your discernment in individualized healthcare. Hello and welcome back. I am Savannah, your host, and we are with my husband, Jeremiah. Hello. And today we are actually starting a brand new series on, or a first series. On yeah, first. Cast, which is so exciting on casting seeds. And these are questions that pop up a lot in holistic health and I think are also very much hot topics when it comes to holistic health. And it has to do with pregnancy, uh, sex because sex makes pregnancy. Uh, So I think those two are important to talk about. And then also just early child development and care. This is kind of an all-encompassing episode. We can go more in depth in these topics in the future, but this is going to be a lot. Please hold on to your hats or one hat because I'm not wearing one in Jeremiah's right now. I'm cool. She's not. (laughs) We have so many studies that we're going to mention. All of these things are going to be in the after show notes. So don't feel like you have to write things down, but just know all of the stuff we're going to talk about today. It's kind of an, I would call it a note taking episode personally. Yeah. If you're interested in having a child or, you know, you know, someone that's having a child or Mm -hmm. just any information about child, like childbearing, this This is going to be a good podcast to listen to. Well, also, too, if you're in any of these fields professionally and you want to come on to the podcast, if you whether you disagree or agree with the things that we're saying and you want to expand on these subjects, please contact us. I I would love to hear from you. And I'd I would also love to have an in-depth conversation, whether you think I'm correct or incorrect on this information. I do want to note that a lot of my information today is going to be coming from different doctor sources from the turn of the century and all the way to now uh, and how they have consistently been cohesive with health for the past uh, actually over a hundred years. So that's the basis that Jeremiah and I are coming off of. And then also that's Savannah. I'm coming from the trusted CDC. Really? Is that your only yeah. source? No, I have one other source, but I mean, it's no different from CDC. So we have <laughs> two very unbiased sources <laughs> from Jeremiah. And and that's the thing, too. We want to encourage you guys to do your own research. Uh, these, obviously, I'm coming from the holistic side, and Jeremiah is going to be coming from the allopathic side of medicine, which, if you guys don't know, that is Western uh, medicine and healthcare. So, <laughs> uh, we, we are going to do some comparisons in numbers and, uh, I was about to say charts. We don't have any charts and you wouldn't even be able to see them. So it doesn't matter, no. but we, I also have pictures from books and things like that, that will be mentioned and put up on Instagram and, or on our website in the future, when we start creating casting seeds for people to be able to go on and chat. But for right now, it's just on the Instagram. So with further ado, let's get started on our information, which I don't, Jeremiah, do you want to go first or do you want to chime in with the things that I have written out starting 
with pregnancy? Um, let's do a little of both. Let's start with you because I feel like I'm more of the bearer of bad news. Oh my goodness, really? I also don't know his information. So I have no idea what she has either. <laughs> this doesn't sound like a planned episode, but I swear we planned it. Jeremiah and I did so much research on this. Yeah. And we wanted to come across as if we were like two friends, which we are. He's my best friend. Uh, two friends sitting across from the table and being like, hey, this is the info that I've gotten. Let's check in with each other. So this is what we've got. Uh, I wanted to start first with the topic of sex and sexual intercourse. Jeremiah and I have been lucky enough to take one couple through premarital counseling, and we didn't get to get to this part, but we wanted to with them. And I thoroughly regret it. I wish we'd spoken about it sooner. Um, but the biggest thing that I tell clients and or people going into premarital is that they need to understand and have the conversation very early on when they want kids. And the reason why is because children, when it comes to kids and health, they, if you agree with these three statements, then you will agree with the statement I'm going to say after. If you agree that children have the right, the birthright to life, if you agree that children have the birthright for health, and if you agree children have the birthright to love, and of course God's love ultimately, then you need to decide beforehand whether or not you are financially stable enough or ready, not even just to have kids, but to be married and to be able to have sex, which means if you have sex, there's the chance that you are going to get pregnant and have children. And so you need to be prepared financially for a family. You need to be prepared sexually and in your health, men and women. This isn't just a woman thing. And Personally, I also think that you need to be prepared um, spiritually because spiritually encompasses the mental and emotional health as well. So when it, when it comes to understanding pregnancy, you need to know that, of course, if you're listening to this and you're pregnant, I don't want you to feel discouraged. Like, I didn't prepare beforehand. I didn't get anything ready. My husband didn't get anything ready. Is my baby actually going to be healthy? Yes. And we're, gonna, we're going to give you kind of, well, at least I will. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah won't apparently uh, give you information on what you can do now in the exact moment and life state that you're in to be able to help prepare yourself and your baby. But the better conversation that I think that parents and children need to have, or even before you have children, is are you preparing yourself sexually and intimately for marriage, first and foremost? And I'm going to tell you, I didn't do that. <laughs> There's nobody talked to me about that. And I think it really frustrated me that when I first got pregnant the first time, because Jeremiah and I got pregnant um, four times in one year, we weren't told that trying again and again and again was going to deplete us minerally, was going to deplete us uh, of vitamins and also of essential mega fatty acids, and especially was going to make me more and more sick every time if we did not... Um, basically prepare prepare ourselves properly i like where you're starting with this i'm just going to jump in here with some fun facts okay what are your not so fun facts mm. does this have to do with what i was talking about oh, with yeah. sex oh, okay it, and it's really sad oh because in the so these statistics are throughout different years it's nothing by like 2021 they don't provide all the information for some reason. Yeah, CDC tends to protect their information and lets it release 
uh, in due process for when they think it's the proper time for when they're taking uh, tests and polls. So yeah. I'm not sure why that's a thing. I don't know why they can't release the findings right away. And it's not to tweak them at all. Yeah, I don't know what it's <laughs> for. But th- this is from uh, American Medical something website. Plan B medication, 15 million units were sold in the year 2018. Oof. That's 15 million children aborted. For plan B, yeah. So if you're a Christian and you believe that life at conception, which means when sperm meets egg and light happens, which means a life force comes and occurs, which many scientists, whether or not they're Christian, do agree with that as well, um, then if you take plan B, it's a, a chemical pregnancy and you are aborting a child. Yeah. And... How many did you say again? 15 million units. Just in that one? Just in that one year. And that's, I mean, some people could have not been pregnant, but yeah, the possibility, 15 million. Wow. Yeah, on top of that, visitations to the abortion clinic to have abortions is 625,000. Just in 2018? Just in 2019. Uh, this is... 2021. Wow. Yeah. And this is not including uh, women that are on, what is it, contraception? Contraception. Yeah, and stuff like that. The pill. The pill. That's not including all of them. Yeah, a lot of, um, a lot of, and that's the other thing that we've talked about, and even people have come to my office asking about different types of contraception, Ultimately, at the end of the day, they have to make their own decision. And the number one thing that I tell my clients is when it comes to sex education and sex health, if you are a Christian, um, well, I mean, there are studies that show whether or not you're a Christian, it's healthier for you to wait for sex and wait until marriage on an emotional level on a trust level and on a physical level um, because you don't want, of course, you don't want a bunch of different diseases, but also metabolically, like for my husband and I, when we started having intercourse, when we got married, we started changing metabolically. Like my dietary needs started changing. His dietary needs started changing. And we started because we were literally exchanging our own DNA together. When God says you become one flesh, it's no joke. And no one talked to me about how to prepare myself and my body for that and how to prepare Jeremiah for that. And there are much better diets and foods and just overall health that you could be doing to prepare yourself to literally start exchanging DNA with somebody. And actually in um, Jewish tradition, let me see, I have it here in my notes. I'll find it later. In Jewish tradition, there's a special bath, and I I don't remember what it's called, but they literally bathe themselves once a week, like for a year, preparing their bodies. And it's not like a spiritual cleansing thing, but they bathe themselves in special oils and things like that because they're preparing their bodies for intercourse for the first time. And in other uh, countries as well, uh, women will actually go to special clinics, especially up in Northern Europe. And they actually give women dilators and things like that to prepare their vaginal canal for having much more intercourse. Obviously this isn't as, uh, this, this practice isn't done as much now because like the sexual freedoms, or I like to say the sexual shackles that have been placed on men and women 
uh, for saying that sex outside of marriage is somehow beneficial to you. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's just really sad what they've done to the world. So things like that were, and, and there was honor in it too. They took time in a, in a year's time and norm, normal engagements back in like historical times, especially in Christ's time was about a year. Like they would take their time. Men would take time to build a home. They would take time to really woo and pursue their wife to be. And there's a reason why I swear modern society took that type of culture away from us because they wanted to take out the idea of accountability, one on the man's part and the woman's part to how to prepare, how to learn ancient and beautiful traditional methods that stuck with us through the test of time to prepare our bodies for having healthy babies and bearing children for the future because that's all that was the main point of marriage, especially in Judaism and in Christianity. So, um I mean, God said to, in his word, to have babies, like to prosper, have children. So bear children and prosper. But with that being said, we just want, I am, I want to encourage you guys as the listeners to look back into your own family history and really think, have I ever really had a genuine, healthy conversation about what sex is and when was it as well? Um, in a biblical marriage and what the purpose of sex is as well. And I grew up in a very sexually open household and it was kind of like a joke, you know, in our family. I've heard people grow up in a very sexually closed off households. I don't think any extreme of either of those is healthy. In fact, I think anything outside of a God-centered household of what sex would be, would be in health, unhealthy. And the reason why is because God makes it very clear, even biblically, that masturbation is not okay. And when people think that it's really cute that little kids are like touching themselves or exploring themselves and they send them off to their room, one, when you send a child off to their room because they're touching themselves and you get kind of weirded out or embarrassed, the child understands that and sees that and then feels shame on their own. So there's that. Um, But also when it comes to understanding like kids' hands get dirty and if they just start touching themselves and especially girls and you don't teach them how to wipe properly on the toilet or you don't teach them like you don't just stick your hands in in your vagina or around your labia and then go do other things and then touch it again just because it feels good, um, those things aren't okay. So it's one of those things where, um, and I actually, there's called, it's called the birds and bees podcast, which I also have in my show notes. They're a great two Christian women who speak about how to healthily, uh, speak to children about these things at different ages and different situations that come up. And I love their Instagram. Uh, I don't know if they have a podcast or anything like that. If they do, or if, even if they don't, I'd love to interview them. But that is a great starter and precursor, I think, for a lot of women and men who don't know how to have those conversations with their kids. Because it's not about shutting down sex. That's not what it's about. But it's understanding and helping kids understand that sex is between a husband and a wife and the Lord. That's between those three only. So anything outside of that becomes a sin. And just because it's a sin doesn't mean you need to ever feel shameful. The same way that in other sins, we shouldn't feel shameful or embarrassed, but also having conviction stirs up a feeling of shame where you're convicted because you feel kind of feel bad about what happened. And that's natural and that's healthy. 
It should feel that way. God, the Holy Spirit is giving you that feeling because they, he doesn't want you to sin because he loves you. So also understanding that just the same way that I tell people that pain is a good thing that God created for our bodies to understand like when something is wrong, that's the same thing when you feel conviction and shame, when something feels bad. Um, so it's, it's that, that's the same thing with sex. So like even with that Lauren chick that I, oh, on Instagram, she's a pelvic floor therapist that of course she blocked me, but she interviewed, I don't even remember her last name because she irks me so badly. Last week she posted a video and I actually followed her because I liked her pelvic floor work routines that she taught and I actually suggested clients to follow her and I even had friends who bought her videos and stuff but she interviewed children under the age of 18 filmed them and asked them about sexual shame and put it on the internet for like creeps and weirdos to watch I didn't make it about God at all because obviously she's not a Christian so giving a godly perspective really would not resonate with her and I just made it like how why aren't you protecting the kids how is this okay even if even if my child gave consent to be filmed and say like, yeah, I grew up in a sexually good household or not a sexually good household. My parents talked about sex, so that must mean it was a good thing. I don't, I don't want my kid, 17, 16, I don't care. Even if they're 18, if they're living under my house, an 18 year old obviously can make a decision, but there weren't just 18 year olds there. They were younger. She tried to double down and say that and say that there weren't, but I have the screenshots that proved that she actually originally said that and then she took it back. So Lauren, I also would, I call, I asked her to be on the podcast. I asked her to actually be on Instagram live with me and stand, take her stance and say why she thought it was okay to film kids and let creeps and weirdos hear them talk about sex and masturbation and how, like why it felt good. And boys and girls were mixed in the same room. And she even called them boys and girls. It's just, it was weird and disgusting and explicit. And those conversations need to be had with safe adults. And of course, the safest adult and the adult who should care about you the most should be your parents. And if they don't, then you need to find someone within the church community that is your safe adult and someone who is like your quote unquote godparent. But with that being said, this is a precursor into understanding how if you do not protect yourself in that way and gird up your own heart and your own spirit you will not have the sanctity for when it comes to childbearing genuinely caring about whether the child's health is coming first and your own health because if you look at it that way and the fact that God wants to prepare you he wants to gird you up he wants you to prepare before even having sex before doing that to take care of yourself and to take care of your own health so that you will be a good fit for your husband or your wife, then you are really going to care about what type of body and health you have that's going to give the nutrients and nourishment to your children to create a better life for them in the future. So that kind of brings us to why I also severely disagree with things like IVF. And I can come at it from a perspective of someone who's had four miscarriages. I could easily have slipped into, well, you know, Jeremiah and I could just go into debt and I deserve a baby. God has given me marriage. I deserved having a husband. I deserve having a baby. God has created me to have babies because I have a womb. That must mean I also deserve to have a child. My husband has the right parts as well, which must mean that we are supposed to have children together. 
And that is not the case. I'm going to tell you this right now. Biblically, I cannot find anywhere in the Bible. And if you can, please, again, send it to us and let us know. I don't know where it says anywhere in the Bible that you are a woman who's alive. So that means you deserve to have children. Or because you have the desire to have a child means that you should and will have a child. I'm going to tell you the only person that can give life because he's a person and God and spirit full perfectly is our triune God, Jesus. Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's the only one who can truly give life and take it away. That's Yeah, I think I think you make a great point. And also, like when you go and you do IVF, you you take the possibility of that miracle from God. Mm-hmm. You, you, you are playing God. And I was, so, something I found looking at some of the IVF websites that, IVF has been going on since 1987. I had no idea. I had no idea we were even able to do it then. <laughs> In 2015, we hit 1 million babies born. That's a lot of babies born from IVF. I had no idea. And when? 2007? 2015. 15? Did I say seven? I don't remember. Okay. 2015, 1 million babies born. And right now it's 2024. And only 21.3% are successful attempts. So that Wait, means, wh- what? Yeah, so if you have, if you do an implantation, implantation you only have 21% chance that it's going to work. Was that back in 2015 though, or is that stats for now? We'll just consider 2015. Because I know IVF has really bumped up. Well, if we're just talking about up until 2015, then that means that they had to do 1 million attempts to get that, so to, uh, wait, sorry, hold on. One mil, okay, yeah, so they hit one million by 2015, and let's say they did uh, one million attempts, for, and 100% of them hit. Okay. That means they had to do 10 million attempts to achieve that. So only one million out of 10 million made or it successful and that's just the a babies like the babies that were considered implant implantable i mean they most of the websites won't do anything past an a so the oh my gosh okay so, so everything else that was not an a that also had to either be discarded or sent to science or frozen or yeah or you can pay they can pay you for your science okay so just to sum up what jeremiah said um basically what that's the lowest number that's the lowest? That's the lowest. It, and that's it's also actually only, much higher than that. That's that's p- only considering people that attempted and were successful. So that, that's what I was going to say. So p- for people who don't know who haven't done IVF or haven't done any research on it, um, basically you have A through, I, I don't know how low the ratings can go, but I do know it's A, B, and C babies for sure. And I think I've even heard of D babies, but I do know for sure they're A, B, and C babies. And most... IVF companies will not allow implantation. And when you sign it over, um, they will not allow implantation of B rated babies or C rated babies and especially D because IVF is a business. So if I have a product and I'm trying to sell it to Jeremiah, I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to sell you my top tier product. My top tier product in this is your child. If we're going to create a bunch of embryos, in order for me to have a high rating for a seller and making good babies, I'm only going to let you have the top tier product. That means the other ones you can either use 
and I don't understand how people don't see this as human trafficking, but I'm going to use, like you can buy back your baby, sell your babies back to me, like the embryos that aren't fully good genetically. And instead of just trashing them, you can sell them back to science and we can use them for stem cell research and those types of things, which I do not, I really don't understand how people don't see that as human trafficking. And I, I obviously I do know there are caveats that now in 2024, supposedly there are companies that don't allow that to happen that are that will let people have a hundred percent of their children supposedly I have not found any that do that but supposedly there are and if there are kudos to you but like Jeremiah said earlier I still we have the conviction that it is playing God and you are 100% taking away the opportunity for God to be able to give be the full glory and opening up your room or opening up your husband in that way as well in order to allow you to have a baby. And like literally if Jeremiah and I got pregnant right now, it would be 100% because of the Lord. Even though we are doing things to help heal our bodies, both of us, and we have been, especially since we learned all of this stuff about our bodies, but I'm not, we wouldn't sit there and be like, yeah, all the credit goes to all the hard work that we did and all of the people who have helped us. Yes, to a degree, but God is still the only one who gives life. Yeah, I, I still want to say, though, like IVF is still 100% God. It is his creation. Mm -hmm. But you are not get like so surrendering to the Lord is like number one. So tell me how you're surrendering if you're doing so. But I also I just want to clarify, like we... We do not condone it for ourselves. It's, it's We still love everybody else and we'll still love your babies and stuff. It, yeah. Nothing against you or it, anything like that. And I like still that. work it's, on clients that are that need help through yeah. IVF. I don't, we don't want to disbar the fact that life comes through IVF, but we do want to recognize and we want you to recognize that there is a much cheaper and easier way to help heal your bodies. And that's what we're going to talk about today. You're, you're if your body is not healthy enough to carry a baby or your husband's body is not healthy enough to, pr to produce the sperm needed, why aren't you then instead taking care of your bodies so that your baby has the best fighting chance for a healthy life? Because let me tell you, it is a statistical fact that a baby that is not created naturally within the womb, whether it was frozen for years, which of course, then obviously the life expectancy and more likelihood of different types of Down syndrome, retardation and um, uh, diseases, natural occurring diseases and even limb um, issues, basically for a baby to be more likely hurt, uh, especially when it's frozen. But even just created in a lab, your baby has a less likelihood to have a normal, healthy life. So why are you, as a mother and as a father, okay with saying, I want a baby so badly that I am willing to possibly injure and or hurt or create a difficult, more difficult life for my future child and God's creation just for the right to be able to have a child? To me, I don't care. It actually gets me choked up. I don't care how much you want a baby. If you think that is okay, I really question why you think like abortion's not okay if you're a Christian. You're okay 
with injuring your child before they even have a start at life. You're okay with that. If you're selfish enough to do that, why isn't it just selfish enough to be like, well, I can also just abort a baby if I don't feel like having it. That makes zero sense to me. Zero. And I'm not going to, again, I have friends who are currently going through IVF. I have friends and I don't love, I don't actually, I don't see them as like someone who's hurting their own kid. I don't see them any differently. They also may not know or have the information that I have, but that's also why we have this podcast. And Katie Frost, again, um, them before us is one of the best resources for that. She has all of the statistics, all of the uh, research for, for years, probably since the 80s, because she's the one who's really a huge advocate against IVF and also against sperm donation and egg donation and surrogacy and has all the science behind it. But so again, with those caveats leading into this and also out of the, I guess, less negative part of this podcast, which we're really starting with a hard hits right now. There's got to be a reason why you need to know this information. Yeah. And going into this, I want you guys to know that there are supplements and different lifestyle changes and things that you can make. And Jeremiah and I are proof of that. And right now we're taking the time off to heal our bodies. And guess like one of the things that I found out was it takes two to four years for your body to fully reset after, um, well, one, just preparing for pregnancy but especially after just one pregnancy. CDC says two weeks. Yeah, I know. You know why? Because right after our first miscarriage, they told me it was impossible for us to get pregnant again, which I thought was kind of weird. No, they they said it was possible. No, she said it is way less likely and almost too impossible. This is literally, I remember the doctor so vividly. She said it's way less likely and or impossible for you to get pregnant right after a miscarriage. And I was like, that's kind of weird because HGH is a lot higher. Your like your human growth hormone. It, it literally didn't make sense to me. But Jeremiah and I were really sad, and we knew we wanted to make love. I think we maybe had sex one time, and I got pregnant right away again, and then had a miscarriage right away again, because my body did not, it already was lacking the correct essential fats, minerals, and vitamins. And that's why we had a miscarriage on top of me having bacterial overgrowth and things like, like things I just didn't know and or understand. And even being in the holistic healthcare field, but no one taught me how to prepare my body for sex. No one taught me how to prepare my body for having a baby and for making sure my baby's going to be healthy. And that made me so upset that that's why we're having things like this podcast, because I don't want other people to have more miscarriages. There is an epidemic of miscarriages out there, an epidemic. And it is crazy to me that people just think, you know what? It's OK. I don't mind if I'm not healthy. I'm just going to go get IVF and I'll have a baby. And there's no actual stats for that because you can't track it. No. Yeah. <clears throat> Especially with it happening at different facilities all the time so with that yeah, if god's calling you to be a parent and you need to change some stuff in your life you gotta really consider what you're doing and who you're putting first if you're putting god first yourself first your spouse first your own des- desires yeah versus god's will in your life you're gonna have to make changes period yeah and that's the whole point also of casting seeds is to understand what individualized discernment is you guys can listen to this and also not get the same discernment that we have about ivf if you really want to do it that's great for you i i'm not gonna see you any differently if you don't want to eat meat even though we're gonna about to give you i'm about to give 
a lot of details on how uh, certain vitamins are way better uh, digested in through meat, uh, then you don't have to. But just know that there are studies to prove everything that we're saying. And again, if you really, like I said at the beginning, if you really believe that life is a birthright for your child, that health is a birthright for your child, and love, God's love is a birthright for your child, then be willing to listen to this even if you disagree. Yeah, just open yourself up. It doesn't have to be right now. It could just just let something take root if you if you feel like you should listen a little bit. Let this let us plant some seeds and then you can just say say whether or not they're pearls in your life. Yeah. And also I just wanted to give the, the this other little tidbit, you know, it's not all the women. It nine percent of men are are infertile and yeah. we have a huge contribute uh contribution to this and you know just from like short sperm tails and all kinds of different stuff that i've been learning testosterone issues yeah and High honestly estrogen. if any guys are listening it's time to start giving up some stuff and taking on some responsibility mm-hmm. especially sugar yeah sugar's number one which jeremiah is crying i, I right made now. sure to put that at the very end of my list because <laughs> it's the hardest one for me <laughs> I mean, I made I made a list of all the stuff the guys should really think about. You know, like if you're doing drugs, quit it. If you're drinking, what's considered drugs? Drugs, anything, any uh, what is it called? Par- paraphilia? Par- what is it called? Par- paraphernalia? Something like that, right? <laughs> so like marijuana. Oh, marijuana is horrible. Cocaine, whatever. You know the the big stuff. Marijuana, cocaine. <laughs> That's a huge jump. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not in Oregon. It's all legal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, let's see. So like drinking, smoking, you got to really learn how to like regulate your stress, exercising and stuff. Um, Hey buddy, want to come up? Good boy. All right. Back to this, uh, start including some minerals and vitamins, um, getting better sleep habits. Mm. Uh, wear loose underwear. What does Be- better sleep habits mean? Better sleep habits. Going to bed earlier, waking up earlier, getting a full round of sleep, not getting your four hours. I know most of us guys, we get up and go, you know, try to get your eight hours. So turning off blue light then at least a few hours before Anything bed. that's distracting you. Yeah. And then also what I was saying was wear loose clothing. Mm-hmm. So your sperm count depends on the temperature around your groin. And also circulation, so that really contributes to that. Your diet, huge, huge part of your huge part of it. Like soy for men is is terrible. Same for for your sperm and sugar also. So you got to drop that, and then just keep an eye on your weight. I know it's not fun. I know the gym is not for everybody, but go for a couple mile walk. Doesn't have to be much. Get a dog, take him for a walk. All right, Liz. Cypher's looking at you like, what? What about me? Oh, her too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, this actually segues beautifully into the next section, which has to do with um, preparing for pregnancy. This also can condone for preparing for sex as well. So please, if you're not married yet and you're listening to this, don't think that this isn't a section for you. And even if you were married and you were listening to the parts before, uh, if you, you know stinky coochies and armpits and all those things like that guys Um, have it too 
Yeah. For, for men. <laughs> no, really, though, for men and women and even like breath and stuff like that. This all ha these are all warning signs that things are out of alignment with your digestive health and with your body. So a lot of this research is going to be coming from the Weston A. Price Foundation, which also the Weston A. Price book is actually how I found out about this foundation. It was recommended to me by my local farmer uh, three years ago, Frank, and he's, I thought he was crazy when he sent this or told me to get this book. And I did. And I all I did, bare minimum, if you guys just looked at the photos in this book from Western A. Price, he was a dentist at the turn of the century. And in the 1930s, he and his wife traveled the world. They went to different, um, basically different indigenous tribes because they couldn't figure out why people in Africa, South America, why Inuits, I don't know the proper term. Um, people may be mad that I said that, but basically people in Alaska, uh, they used Swedish kids. All of them had beautiful teeth, beautiful digestion, no health issues like they did in the West. And they could not figure out what Westerners were doing wrong. Uh, there were some in the East that had that, but not as much as like these really remote tribes. I, I think there was some actually in like the Polynesian islands that they went to and stuff, but with that being said, he traveled the entire world. And once some of these tribes opened up trade with digestion, basically uh, food outside of their local region. Wheat. Well, wheat is one of the wheat yeah. is one part of a whole catastrophe. Mm. I'm saying like even if let's say uh, someone from South America gave someone avocados and bananas and then they took it up to where they normally eat whale blubber up in Alaska. And that was not a part of their diet at all. Uh, basically, their genetic background could not handle eating that. And also, it's not a season for them. It never is in season for them because it's two completely different areas of the world. They have a whole 11 like numbered list of ideologies. but And I highly recommend people check out the Western A. Price organization. I think it's westernaprice.org. Uh, also vitamins and minerals 101 by Chris Masterjohn. He's a PhD. He's wonderful. And I'm also going to be mentioning Pottinger's cats. It's a study about nutrition and all of these things are basically all from the turn of the century to now. Uh, I also have some stuff from like, just anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, I, I'll, it's all going to be listed for you. So when it comes to pregnancy and sex, uh, we want to understand that, of course, again, life is a birthright. Health is a birthright. Love is a birthright from the Lord. When supplements mean supplementing into your diet and it shouldn't be your main diet, you should be getting most of your main vitamins and minerals from food. If you are using a lot of supplements, it's because you are supplementing in something that's missing from your diet. But you need to figure out how to start getting it into your diet through food so that you can naturally eat it for that season. Uh, humans were made to eat seasonally. They were made to eat locally. And your body, your gut, your microbiome, and why people have so many allergies nowadays is because you are not eating foods grown from your local area. And if you are, sometimes the soil is also so depleted because it doesn't have a nutrient-dense crop that has been supplemented into the soil which means bada bing, bada boom, you are now allergic to the foods that are coming in because you can't handle the microbiome whipped up in the air around you and it comes into your nose, you breathe it in, you breathe it out and you can't handle it. You can, that's why people get sick so easily. And that's also a very basic 
overall scheme of like the Western A Price Foundation, which by the way, there are local chapters around you that you can join. I have recently joined the Orange County chapter and I love it. And they have a host of foods and they teach you how to find local farmers uh, of all kinds of meats, markets and all that near you. I'm not here to gatekeep. Obviously we have a podcast, but you also need to understand where your nutrient deficiencies come from before you get started. So it's also really good to get checked by a doctor, whether holistic or allopathic. You can get checked by both. I personally like to do that. I like to get Western medicine and holistic done and check them together and see what commonalities there are and also see where the disagreements are. And then my husband and I can make discernment on what's best for us. Um, but you need um, essential, f- basically, to make your mitochondria happy, which is the powerhouse of your cell, to fight inflammation in your body, and to then give good nutrition to your body and your babies. You need good essential fatty acids, minerals, and vitamins. Uh, if you have a chronic illness or injury, this can be traced back to a lack of either an omega-6 or an omega-3 fats from birth and or in the womb. Uh, DHA, which is the key omega-3, and then, or I'm sorry, it's oranatic, oranatic acid. (laughs) Or your nutritionist listening to this and they just got so mad that I couldn't say that properly. I'll put it down in the notes. Is a key omega-6. Uh, these are the two things they have to balance each other out. It's not just one overworking. You don't just want a ton of omega three. You don't want a ton of omega six, but a lot of people have so much omega six in their body right now because they're eating, uh, just such highly inflammatory foods. That's why you've been hearing like take DHA, take omega three to help counterbalance the omega six that's coming from your oily food or just get off processed foods. Yes. But that's the thing then when you get off processed foods, do you have healthy omega-6 in your Mm. body? So it's figuring out what are you actually nutriently deficient in. And also for a year or two, you should be taking blood work every two to three months and figuring out consistently what you're deficient in. You can also get a hair hair skin analysis, which shows uh, over like a six month time or to a year's time how... How, def- how long you've been deficient in that vitamin, mineral, mm. or fatty acid. Uh, many people are taking vitamin A, uh, and a lot of women, pregnant women, are told that vitamin A is so bad for them in pregnancy. And that is a myth, a very, very common myth. And I don't know why it came out. I don't know. Wh- I've tried to find the studies that say that, and there are none. In fact, there's only studies. I've only been able to find studies that say that vitamin A is good. But I did find out that, um, and I think this may be why, People say that it's bad for pregnancy. So taking vitamin A is like, it's the number one instruction. And I think that's why it's called vitamin A retinol at the top, because it instructs all of the other vitamins, B, C, D, all that stuff. It tells it what to do and how, like even tells stem cells what to do, especially for babies. And uh, the vitamin A that comes from carrots, uh, it's not the pure vitamin A. It's called uh, beta carotene, like carrot, beta carotene. And so, yeah, that comes from carrots, but what we need is retinol. So you can't get retinol from plants. Your body has to convert it. And it's uh, different people with different genetic backgrounds and health will be able to convert the beta carotene into retinol, but not very many people can naturally. So the most simple and best way and most effective way to make sure that your children and you as an adult get 
high amounts of retinol so that you have really great stem cells that are attentive and understand what to do for your body is by having protein, red meat, and great fats. Such like, and when I'm saying fats, I mean butters, good butters, good tallows, grass-fed, grass-fed, like grass-fed, (laughs) grass-fed. So Jeremiah's looking at me like, wow, he's learning a lot right now, which is actually really exciting. Um, So where do you get your omega-6 from? Where do you get it from? Yeah, like for from a meat. Uh, the omega sixes and omega threes are in meat naturally together. Okay. They're in a perfect compound. Cool. Um, I read that for men that we should be taking vitamin uh, D and C for our sperm. Yes, D and C for women. It's A D K is one of the best ones. I mean, for every all, all of these things are good for men and women. Um, but. Either way, it's it's good for you to understand that the best way to get these things is through fat-soluble activators, which are min- uh, minerals are very high in nutrient-dense foods. For So that's vitamin A, D, and K. They have to be fat-soluble activators. And high minerals, a.k.a. mineralized soil. So whatever your beef eats, whatever your chickens eat, it better be a nutrient-dense soil that the bugs are coming from, that the grass is coming from, and all that stuff as well. So what? I just thought this was really interesting, you know, because we're talking about childbirth and we're talking about food at the same time. Mm -hmm. And Genesis 1 verse 28 says, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over the earth, living things that move on. Every living thing that moves on there. Sounds like you just need everything that God has given you. Yes. And that's the thing too. Like that's what I was going to say. Liver, egg yolk, butter, animal fat. Um, Western A. Price Foundation loves, they love cod liver oil, raw milk. Ooh, some people are going to get upset about that. Fish eggs, whole raw milk. I saw raw milk at Trader Joe's. Just saying for anybody right now. Sacred foods. That's the main thing. It's understanding that for thousands of years, the way God has created us, he, and just like you were saying in Genesis, which was perfect, God gave us the earth to subdue it and to use his creation as a benefit for us. And we are also a part of his creation and we benefit it as well. We're supposed to take care of it and use it to our benefit and vice versa. So um, for building blocks, you know, in general, it's understanding that getting good food, like eating nose to tail and eating seasonally and eating locally, those are the three most important things that you can do. And it's also way less expensive. People don't believe me when I say that, but when you eat locally, it is so much cheaper and it ends up being seasonal and then it ends up being grass fed and organic and all those things because people are growing it in their backyard or people are, they have their local farm and then you get to meet the farmer. If you can shake the hands of the people who grow your food, and it, by the way, I feel like at least 50% should be from you. But if you can shake that person's hand, I bet you you can count the ingredients in that food, which should be one ingredient. So, I think it's interesting that my next Bible verse that I said was Matthew 6, 33. Um, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things that shall be added to you. Can you elaborate more on that? So, yeah, sorry. Um, 
when you're eating all these foods and you're taking, well, not taking, but you're consuming these vitamins and minerals and everything, it's being added to you. Mm -hmm. So when you're seeking God's kingdom and you're seeking his creation and consuming it the way he intended us to do so, mm. then we are being with God. We, we are being disciples. That's, yeah, that's a beautifully said. Thank you for elaborating on that, love. That's amazing. But that's the thing, too. I, I think it's good to recognize that if you start eating really well, because Jeremiah and I have been eating really clean and really healthy, and I actually have been complimented on how different my body looks, and I have not been working out because I want to make sure that what I'm doing is making a huge difference. I mean, obviously, I'm still moving. I have an active lifestyle. But we don't want to cause more inflammation, cause muscles to slow growth because you're you're constantly breaking tissues and stuff like that and yeah yeah well and that's the thing i also my work is manual labor and jeremiah's is also manual labor so mm -hmm. we need to also obtain a diet that supports those lifestyles so it's also good to understand that if you have a horribly balanced microbiome from the things that you eat uh, if you start eating an overload of really good bacteria, like things like raw milk and stuff like that, your diet isn't going to enjoy it. You have to slowly implement these things back into your lifestyle and allow your microbiome to change. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can't just do this in the middle of being pregnant, right? So you, you don't want to just shock your system and especially shock the baby. And, and even for your body not being pregnant, it's good for you to take a step back and implement one thing at a time and also check in with each season of your life. You know, like my body's completely different than what it was even six months ago. And I'm able, six months ago, if I had any little bit of dairy, I would be running to the bathroom and dying uncontrollably. But now... Same. Yeah. Like we, we made that homemade um, ice dairy cream. ice cream and it did not affect my stomach Yeah, it's sugar-free, but we had dairy and we were absolutely fine yeah. but when i have an in and out burger with fake cheese that still deeply affects that old me. yellow cheese well because it's not real cheese yeah. so that's what i'm saying in every culture in the world every everyone has prepared for pregnancy for thousands of years and they've been preparing for marriage and sex and conception let let alone pregnancy so it's good to understand that our american diet the standard american diet aka the sad diet has a heavy toxin load of chemicals. It has a heavy toxin load of in, uh, high inflammation. And um, it, it can take sometimes years to de-inflate from that. So it's good to understand that there's a preparativeness for it as well. Um, so that's why it's good to space out having children from two to three years, which a lot of mothers find out a little too late. And that can actually throw off your chemical and hormone balance for a few years if you don't wait long enough. Um, and also preparing for yourself during that pregnancy and while you're breastfeeding. It can be a lot. It can be actually really exhausting. And um, I guess another good question that people ask consistently is like, oh, well, I take prenatals, though. Doesn't that help? Yes. And no, if you do want to take prenatals, first of all, it's making sure that the prenatal doesn't have uh, the synthetic like vitamin A, for instance, the beta creatine. We want to make sure that you're getting the uh, retinol. So the better prenatals that you should be taking, honestly, all all of that includes like eating more liver and heart, kidneys, um, getting some 
different parts like adrenals, bovine adrenals, all, all those types of things. Of, and it doesn't have to be cow. It can be bison. It can be goat. It can be as long as you're eating nose to tail, basically, and eating seasonally, that actually will be the best multivitamin that you can take. Are there some that I suggest? Yes, but are they my favorite? Not really. Um, and if you are going to take them, you should be taking them at least a year and a half before getting pregnant so that you're ready. Uh, I, I mean, that's just my personal opinion and also the opinion of nutrient, nutri, nutri, I can't talk, also the opinion of nutritionists that have spoken to me, whether they were from a holistic background or more of an allopathic background. Uh, but the first organ formed in the first three weeks is the heart. That, so that's even before you know you're pregnant, right? So if you don't have the high amount of retinol and vitamin A, for the stem cells telling uh, the baby's body what to form and how to form it. Basically, you can develop holes in the heart. Your baby can develop issues with its blood because vitamin A has a huge control over blood in the system. Um, but yeah. So wait, the heart is the first organ that grows? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I know. So for all four of our babies, they all had hearts. We can know that 100%. Wow. They had a heartbeat. Isn't that amazing? That is. But high vitamin A foods, uh, they send the correct signals to the lungs, down to the spinal column. And um, yeah, just basically vitamin A supplement is really important through pregnancy and especially before and high vitamin A through retinol. And if you and it also supports uh, creating less birth defects in children especially with natural vitamin A and high amounts. Oh, uh, I also wanted to say that creatines are not a true vitamin A. That's the precursor to vitamin A. And folic acid is not what you should be taking for pregnancy. It's folate that you should be taking. And uh, getting synthetic minerals is not going to help you. You need to be getting natural minerals through salts. Isn't folic acid in soda? I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, Yeah, it is. Yeah, I've seen that as an ingredient, actually. Uh, But you need them through food. That's the best way you're going to get it. So if I were to make suggestions of what you shouldn't have and what you should, I would say cut out sugar, caffeine. And I know it's going to make everyone angry, caffeine. But, I mean, they don't even let you drink it during pregnancy, and there's a reason for it. So if you want to prepare for a healthy sex life. I know that some people do drink caffeine for, like, bigger orgasms right before. That's, like, a thing because it gets your blood pumping. I'm pretty sure you can figure out other ways to get your blood pumping. You take some creatine. (laughs) That's true. Uh, but yeah, they, it's recommended. Well, and the reason why too, is because most people have such overloaded adrenals and they're chronically in fight or flight. So putting your, giving your body lots of sugar pumps your, gets your adrenals jumping. Same thing with caffeine gets your adrenals jumping. And if you already have a stressful lifestyle and you put stress on your body from eating crap and having also another thing to cut out alcohol, um, having caffeine and alcohol is only going to make it worse. Same thing with also white bleached flowers. You should cut that out. So sugar, caffeine, alcohol, white flour. But you know what you should have? So much butter. Raw milk. Liver. Poultry. I actually, I I love poultry liver and like uh, pâtés. I think that they taste a lot better and they have an easier digestive of vitamin A that I've noticed. Red meat and tons of fermented foods. Oh, fermented foods are so good for your biome and your baby's gut biome. What can be scary, and listeria is the part of raw, like when people say don't have raw milk, 
they're scared of listeria, which can cause um, hysteria. No, listeria. No, it causes hysteria. Listeria. (laughs) That's funny. Um, Because it can cause miscarriages, but actually that's more likely in soft cheeses and deli meats. But you can have hard cheeses, especially if they come from a raw background. I feel like that would be raw cheese background. Um, You can repeat that real quick. What's the difference between soft cheeses and hard cheeses? A soft cheese is like uh, a brie. And is it like the fermentation process? Yeah, or? it's it's more likely like um, it's so a soft cheese is more likely to have a mold in it and also to carry listeria. Oh. But raw milk does not. Cool. It's the way that cheese is curated because it's a type of mold and how it's made. So it's more likely. And then same with deli meats mm. because it's curated. Yeah. Right? Um, but if, but once it hardens and becomes a hard cheese, it's little, there's no listeria present. Mm. Um, you can also eat fruits and veggies. No one's saying that you have to only eat meats. That's not what we're saying at all. You, you should have fruits and veggies in a balanced diet, but make sure it's seasonal and it's from local markets because there's literally like a black markets out there where people just go to Costco and buy food and then they go to a farmer's market and they're like yeah i grew this in my backyard yeah i saw a couple studies saying that sperm count increases when you eat more fruit (laughs) i didn't know that yeah that's cool i'll look up that study again add it to the notes that's awesome yeah thank you yeah um and that's the other thing too both men and women need to eat like this for quantity and quality of sperm and testosterone for production, uh, especially vitamin A for you guys. So avoiding soy foods, like Jeremiah said earlier, that can really affect, yeah, really affect sperm count. Doing this together also will increase your intimacy and love for each other and just sacrifice for each other. It's true. And Sally Fallen Morell, she's the one who actually, one of the two founders of the Western A. Price Foundation, where they took his book and wanted to create a group of people all around the world or groups of people all around the world who are eating locally supporting local farms and understanding what uh true health is from a medicinal level in their food she has such a great um quote where she talks about people when they have miscarriages or infertility issues they they tend to blame these three things germs genes and god and she says i don't think that it's God's will for any child to be born in less than perfect health. That it is a, he gives us the blueprint that we are supposed to have a king-like body, a king-like mind and king-like health, but we have to do our part in it. God created the genetic blueprint, but now it's up to us to provide the materials for this blueprint. And it's so true because people, when we blame germs, when we blame genes, when we blame God, it's like saying, oh, you know, like I'm just going to do IVF because God placed it on my heart or, you know, we, we have genetic issues. So we're going to do this, this, and this, we're going to try that. But I rarely hear men or women say, I have had generations of trauma to my genetic line because of my family's not knowing or understanding what true healthcare is. And now I'm going to be the first to break that. And that's where I'm going to mention, uh, Pottinger's cat study of nutrition. This was done in the 1970s. And they showed and proved that through and through four generations of cats, and this is just from a lack of not like lack of nutrition, not even adding 
or supplementing chemicals in, which they do to us, by the way. They do it through our water and they do it through our foods. That's why so many people are freaked out by a peel and so many people don't drink the tap water, especially here in California. Please never drink the tap water here. But without me going down that whole tangent, in four generations, they were able to make it where the cats not only were unable to reproduce, but they were sexually attracted to the same sex. Hmm. They were now genetically uh, not attracted to the same sex anymore. Do you remember when we were looking into Australian dogs, mm -hmm. Australian shepherds, and they were like, oh, yeah, some of them have dock tails, and then some of them are actually cut. And it was because genetic, like after so many years of that mutation now, they just assumed that the dog no longer needs a tail. Yes. So, I mean, but that's the same thing. Like uh, people don't understand that genetic mutations can be bred into you and also bred out of you. And you are the genetic makeup of four generations on your father's side and on your mother's side. But you can stop, you and your spouse can stop the genetic mutations that have happened to your family. Within two generations, you can fully heal a gut biome, but in four, you can head, uh, you can heal genetic and generational diseases. But of course, mainstream media doesn't want you to talk about that. And uh, children suffer through the hands of their parents all the time. Babies with acid reflux, which people, just because a lot of children get it doesn't mean that it's normal or healthy. Acid reflux? Yeah. Babies are born with acid reflux. They literally have like baby uh, Pepto-Bismol now. What? Yes. And you know why? It's not just also what the mother's eating, right? That's affecting the breast milk. Because there are babies that have, uh, there are babies that have had a full breast, like no bottle fed at all. And they still are born with rotting teeth. And it's because the mom does not have enough vitamin in her diet. And that actually happens more to vegetarians and vegans than meat eaters and people who eat butter. I was going to say just stay away from the red sauce, but wow. <laughs> what is that? Oh, spicy. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> uh, that's so funny. Or the acidity, like tomato yeah. sauce. Yeah, tomato sauce. That's... Kicks my butt. <laughs> but acid reflux is so much more than just like acid buildup yeah. in your stomach. And if babies are born with it, then you know that it's the parent's fault. And yeah. I, I hate to say that to you as parents, but... Everything that you do, you are now 100% responsible for your child. So everything that they do, especially even in a biblical perspective, the husband's responsible for the wife and the children. The wife is responsible for the children. So whatever happens to your children, you, you alone are 100% responsible for them. And you need to take that seriously. And if you're not willing to take that seriously, you need to consider as to whether or not you are really called to marriage and to have children. Um, but 40% of children all over the world on EpiPens and or have no allergies. Way. Yep. And or have allergies. Oh, and okay. But that's not as bad, but still that is that is insane that that many people have allergies like in the 80s. Do you want to know why that happens though? Why? Because their blood doesn't form correctly in the womb. They don't have enough vitamin A, retinol. And their gut didn't form correctly because their retinol vitamin A. Is there anything is that like permanent throughout their entire life or is that That's a great question. Temporary? No, that you can fix it what to the degree no one I mean every person is different, but that's why I mentioned in two generations you can fully reheal um So gut. like if you're born and you have this issue mm -hmm. when you're having your child you just take 
high doses of this? Uh, vitamin A is one of them, but yeah, A, A, K, D or A, D, K is really good. Um, it, well, and also Sally from the Western Price Foundation that I mentioned, she even talks about in her book that she had horrific teeth, really bad braces that she had to wear, um, really bad gut issues. And for her kids, when she took high amounts of like cod liver and vitamin A, all of her kids were born with perfectly straight teeth. You said cod liver? Cod liver, yeah. And vitamin A, perfectly straight teeth, never had to like see an orthodontist, didn't struggle with uh, cavities. Hmm. And none of she had really bad like allergies to things. Uh, she's like, it didn't affect her kids, you know, to the point where it fixed their, fixed their eyes because she has really bad vision. So she has to wear glasses. They have like half as bad. But you can see how like just in one generation, how much better their lifestyle was because of the way she treated her pregnancies because of Western A. Price's book. And that's mind-boggling so to me. So your eyes are also a dietary thing? Everything in your body. Everything that wow. a woman and man consumes leading up to pregnancy, preparing your egg and your sperm, and then also obviously continuing through pregnancy and then also through um, breastfeeding for a woman, that all equates to it. But the number one suggesting for uh, preparing for pregnancy that Sally suggests, like if you could do anything, she said is eat butter. Tallow and butter. And butter specifically. Cooked or like? Uh, I should probably say raw. Raw. Raw butter, yeah. From salted? a local farmer. Yeah, salted with Perfect. minerals. Some sea salt. Exactly. Sounds good. Let me get some toast after this. <laughs> yeah. Honey, let's cheers with some, <laughs> with some salted butter. But this uh, this is obviously preparing, and it, same thing, it's suggested for children as well. The first meals that they should be eating, like when you start weaning your baby off of breastfeeding and start giving them their first meals, for the first two to three years of their life, they should not have any sugar, any wheat products. Uh, you can like You can do a little bit of fruits, I'm sure, and veggies, but what is truly 100% suggested is um, meat, giving them meat. At what age? Like, you know when babies first start eating solids? No. <laughs> I'm uneducated in this field. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I'm not asking you the age. I was oh. saying, you know when babies... <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah, no. I understand. <laughs> when they first start eating solids, which uh, varies for people but normally it's around six months is when babies start eating solids cool. uh, every person varies but when they start having the mixture of breast milk and solids they're saying like give your baby like you know how like dogs can't have cooked bones but when you give your dog a bone and you let them chew it and kind of gnaw on it so a baby doesn't have teeth but give your baby the cooked bone of a steak let them suck out the bone marrow and the juices and i gonna have the baby chew on it i was like yeah, yeah they can chew on it too Especially where, yeah, why not? I actually have videos of babies doing that and they love it. They love eating butter. And you can see. Oh, I thought you said bone. I did say bone. You went to butter just now. I know, and butter. Oh. <laughs> I'm saying fats and, yeah. and like obviously you'd cut up the meat or like make it where it's mushy and soft. You can even blend it. But the, these are the things that your children should be eating. And a lot of people are, they should be eating liver. Oh my gosh, there's, um, I have a friend who she texted me not too long ago saying like, you're going to be so happy because my daughter loves eating. And it was uh, sardines. Mm. Like she loved eating sardines. Whole? Yeah. Just like out of the, the wow. can. I can't. 
well but you should <laughs> so and also eating like uh i was about to say escargot that's not what i meant the fish eggs what are they called oh um i don't remember whatever i've never had it before but fish eggs <laughs> Those are amazing. And kids, if, if kids grow up with these foods, they're not going to find it disgusting. Also, blood is like a huge thing and very common in diets all around Elaborate the world. Elaborate on that. Blood, like straight up drinking blood, like blood sausage. You know how that's kind of famous in England? Having blood sausage? No, I didn't know. Oh, that's a thing. But that's like the most, you know, appalling. So how do you, how would you consume blood? You know, well, even eating less cooked steaks. Well, like, like so I, I've looked into that and not like, I think it was like 80% of that liquid that comes out is not actually blood. It's water. Yeah, no, it's, it's like something you'd have to eat from like a fresh gotcha. catch. It, that's more like hunting mm-hmm. status. Uh, but some people actually do like save the blood and drink it and add it to like as a daily vitamin. And there, um, actually the Western A Price Foundation has a list of like vitamins that do have, they actually dehydrate blood and they give mm. it to you as a supplement. So you don't actually have to drink blood. Uh, but yeah. I've well, been to Dracula's castle. It's cool. <laughs> you have. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Not human blood. Let me make that clear. Uh, either way, at the end of the day, you guys, I just wanted to give you kind of uh, a holistic insight of where we're coming from and also the difference that we've seen in our bodies. And Jeremiah and I are currently are really trying not to get pregnant because we want to reset our bodies. And we've been praying and asking God, like, please, I know during my natural ovulation window, I want my husband so badly. I want to make love to him even more than outside. I already always do. But during that window, it's especially difficult for me not to want to. And I will say too, just adding this in, and it, this isn't something that we have practiced and I wish we would more, but also getting excited with your partner and with your husband or your wife and knowing that if right now this isn't a time that you're, you should be actively trying, that there are other ways besides physical penetration that you can actually have sexually. And you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily a type of foreplay, but it's understanding there are different ways to sexually stimulate one another um, that make it exciting in your marriage and make it beautiful. And that is a really important part of holistic health because having sex with your husband is healthy in a Christian marriage, especially. It's beautiful. It's biblical. And it's a, it's a blessing nonetheless. And guess what? Children are a product of that and they're a part of that blessing. So if you really are taking creation seriously and taking God's word seriously of like, I am an image bearer. My husband is an image bearer. Our future children are going to be image bearers, whether they're in heaven right now or they're with you um, or going to be with you. If you are taking that seriously, you are going to understand again, I'm going to repeat it for the third time or fourth time. I don't even know how many times I've said it in this episode. That life is a birthright given to you by God. Health is a birthright given to you by God. And when children come out without perfect health, it was an issue that had happened genetically from your own sin of not having the correct discernment on knowing how to take care of your own body and or your parents, right? So it's also just sin in general. Sin creates death. Sin creates imperfection. Sin creates evil, okay? That's not from God. That's from the woes and evils of this world. So life is a birthright. Health is a birthright. 
And God's love is a birthright given to every single person from instant, the moment that you were created in the womb when sperm meets egg, all the way until the day that you die and prayerfully wake up in the arms of Jesus. So, of course, we beg and plead with you if you're not a Christian. We do pray that you guys understand what it's like to understand God's love. And I'm going to have Jeremiah pray us out. And um, please know that we say all of these things from holistic background, but especially a holistic background. And we want you guys to know what we've learned, what where we've um, stumbled and struggled, which we both have had un- very unhealthy lifestyles up until the past few recent years. And we're excited to go through this process with you and we're praying with you and over you and you have every right to ask questions, to try new things. And please don't be afraid to keep trying. Please don't be afraid. Please give all of your woes and worries to the Lord because he wants to take on that burden. He already did on the cross. He he has your sin and he wants you to run to him in every situation. He already fought the battle. Mm -hmm. He won the war. Yeah. Thank you, love. That was really good. Thank you guys for listening, and I'm going to have Jeremiah pray over us. So I just, you know, like, if you're going through s- miscarriages or you're having these struggles of any f- any form and you're with your partner, I just I want to say, like, take her, his problem seriously, you know? Always offer physical affection. Provide meaningful gestures, check in with her or him, and just always love each other with kind words and affirmations. Just be there for them because it's not easy to do this alone. And even if you do have kids and you have a miscarriage, I can't imagine it's any easier. And also know to you guys, there are so many kids out there who need a home. And we are very pro-adoption as well. Because God adopted us, and we as Christians can love on the the fatherless and the motherless better than any other group of people. We should be more than any other group of people. We should be stepping up. Yeah. We're called to love on, what was it, um, the widows and, and the homeless. The, and the, homeless. And and the, the orphans go with that, I'm sure. Well, orphans are without a home. Yeah, that's true. Very true. I didn't think about it that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Lord, I just want to I want to hold up everyone that has struggled with fertility and just ask that you take their woes. I want to hold up all the all the people that have had abortions or have felt like they've had miscarriages or they're going through it right now and mm-hmm. just ask that you love on them. He be with them. And I ask that you give them courage. You, you are amazing Lord. You've created all of us equally and you've created this entire planet for us to, to toil over. And I can't say it enough that how grateful I am to have my wife and have my dogs and just everybody around us and just thank you for the families and thank you for the love that we're able to get in your body lord mm-hmm. in your name i pray amen amen don't be afraid to ask for a community to reach out to your church 
or um, find other holistic communities around you. Yeah, and if you just need someone to reach out to and you're not able to find it at this current time, send us a message, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, you can find Jeremiah and myself through the, Instagram. Yeah, through Instagram yeah. and through the email provided in below. Thank you guys again for listening. We're praying always over you guys and the podcast. And if you like it, please share. If you think this information could help somebody, please share. We're yes. going to be going over uh, more in-depth information going into children and sex education and also education in general in the future in the next few episodes. We can't wait to share with you. Yeah, thank you. God bless. We hope you enjoyed learning how to cultivate God's creation from a biblical perspective. Holistic health is to prioritize whole person wellness through Christ. Like and comment on what topics we're casting seeds or casting pearls. If you found this information provided useful, Subscribe to our podcast for future updates, leave a review to help us improve, and share this episode. We would like to remind you before we leave that perfect health cannot be attained in this world. Only spiritual salvation through sanctification and repentance to God and turning away from sin will give you a perfect body in the kingdom come. Nourish yourself in the word, in prayer, and in biblical fellowship daily. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thank you to our listeners for making this podcast possible. Always praying. Keep casting seeds.